Hello listeners, welcome back to Talk the Talk. I know it's been a while since we've spoken but uh, this time positively we're going to keep the train rolling, we're going to keep the train running. And uh, yep, my name is Varun Painter, you're listening to Talk the Talk and uh, just to give you guys a quick update, uh, we're there on eplog.media, that's the website that we are on. We're also there on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Castbox, Savan and very recently uh, made our way through Spotify India. If you have any topic that you want me and Glenn to talk about, uh, we would be more than happy to make it happen. For that, you need to write into bonjour at eplog.media, B-O-N-J-O-U-R, at the rate eplog.media. And with that, I'm going to call in Glenn Ivan Suchita. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Whoa, it feels like forever since we did this. I yeah, think the last was in December. Uh, but as things go with Power Drift, we're always yeah. uh, on the move. On the move. But we've got a schedule figured out, hopefully. So yep. hopefully we should have one episode coming out every week at least. Yes. yes and sure. uh, podcasts are back on. Back on. I it's going to be a weekly thingy, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so, yep, uh, every Friday or Sunday, we still haven't decided on that. Even that is a good thing for us to know. When would you like uh, uh, to listen is yeah. it going to be a weekday or a weekend? I think we would love to hear that from you guys. Let us know, man. We will always work in tandem. And this is a new content piece for us. I would like to give a shout out to uh, Philip Stephen, if you're listening. It was really cool. Um, last November, uh-huh. uh, we were we were we did the LA Motor Show, and then I, I took some time off to right. go spend some time with some relatives in right. in uh, Ohio, which is uh-huh. like the opposite side of the US. And uh, this dude reached out to me saying, "Hey, I'm a, I'm a PD fan mm-hmm. and all that stuff." Turns out, mm-hmm. he found out that he found Power Drift essentially through the podcast, which was really cool. So people are listening. Wow, and super. That's, that's through the podcast? Through the podcast. That's He's awesome, like, man. We heard you on, I heard you on the podcast and then we found Power Drift and it was really cool. Somebody's talking about the Indian automotive scene. Super. So, so we already have a list of episodes that are live and running on uh, Talk the Talk. Uh, make sure you listen listen them out. Let us know your feedback. We're all, all ears to what you want to say yeah. and, and we I can make things... Yeah, I'm sure we can make things happen bigger, this better. Is, yeah, so the topic of discussion today is yeah. the Dakar Rally. Damn. The Dakar Rally, for those of you guys who don't know, is the world's most challenging rally. Uh, rally rally motorsport is is incredible. Basically, you grow <coughs> off-road through all kinds of different terrain. Um, and the goal of rally is to set the fastest time in a stage. It's a time-based challenge. Exactly. It's a time-based challenge. And then you have maybe multiple stages in a day and right. a rally proceeds over a couple of days. Yeah. Uh, the challenge with the rally, how it's different from your traditional, say, track motorsport as well, is that it's in an uncontrolled environment. Uh, you don't know what's going to happen over the next corner. As competitors go over the surface, the surface also changes. So riders, drivers have to be extremely mindful and it takes a lot of experience and, and it's legit still incredibly dangerous i'm sure you you've seen a lot of uh, the indian rallies that take place yeah, and i have yeah. been a part of uh, these indian rallies to give you a perspective of how big dakar is indian rallies have a 17 or an 18 or maybe a 20 kilometer loop which they do it thrice so it's just one set of uh, the one, weekend rallies uh, yeah a weekend rally yeah. it's just it happens for maybe 8 hours in a sure. day and uh, you've got a 20 kilometer loop you complete that loop thrice and the fastest one to finish it wins sure um, Dakar is probably like a magnified 10 or 20 times version of that. So, so Dakar is 
uh, how, how do you describe it in sporting terms maybe the super bowl of yeah, of, yeah. of probably rallying. yeah it's it's the most um, difficult the most it's anybody who gets into rallying the yep. goal is to get into da- to do dakar um and dakar is uh, fair enough it's been around for almost half a century now it's, uh, it was started by this chap called Thierry Sabine the french dude um who got lost during yeah. a rally yeah. uh, back in the day 1977 yeah. when he was he when he was there was a rally from nice to somewhere in africa and it's a it's a very common route actually it used to be a very common route where um actually if you look at the map spain is very close to uh, morocco right and it's just 15 kilometers away so it was very common even till today you find a lot of rallies happening on that route mm-hmm. where people just pop over on the on the channel from spain they come over to wow. morocco they just got on a boat it's just like a 20 minute ride right and uh, they come rally in africa and it's really huge um so this year uh, a little bit more background we yeah. went with hero motorsports and the very first rally we did with hero motorsports was uh, the rally of morocco Mo- Marzuka that's called the Marzuka yeah, rally Marzuka rally um which happened sometime last year in July I think if I'm, yeah. I'm not if if my memory serves me right and uh, that was sort of like our my first international rally and of course we've been covering a lot of rallies in India yeah. I've also done the raid the himalaya which is yeah. again raid the himalaya you were talking about indian rallies as well right. raid the himalaya is one of the most hardest rallies on earth 100% because it's the highest rally on earth happens in the himalayan mountain range highest by 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 highest what glen essentially means is at the highest altitude, altitude. Yeah. yeah and it's crazy uh, there also it's, it's a different challenge altogether because your body has to get used to the altitude and then you're, ri- you're riding and or driving for 10 14 hours a day in those so, conditions so so correct me if i'm wrong but a lot of these athletes they actually head out to the to the mountains a lot earlier sure. uh, just to acclimatize to uh, to the environment because there, a lot of these things actually happen in this sport called mixed martial arts because yeah, you're yeah. fighting all over the world yeah. uh, the temperature I was waiting for Varun to bring out MMA yeah. I was waiting <laughs> I was like when will he say UFC <laughs> so, so the ambient temperature is different the humidity level is different sure. the oxygen levels are different yeah. and fighters usually travel maybe 15-20 days prior to the yeah. actual event and acclimatize to the yeah. environment to yeah. the food to the water absolutely something similar happened yeah, yeah. so so they do that but of course with with rally it's a 24/7 job yeah. where fitness is like i mean it's all the time so anybody you follow with rally they're always training and the, and the reason why is is not just for physical fitness but also strength in the sense that it's very common to break something on a rally uh for example this year at the dakar there was uh, this dude who shattered his um, his ankle yeah. Yeah. and he still finished it he, he, he shattered it on day 3 i think and oh, he still yeah. finished the entire rally so before and we get into this uh, can you can yeah. you give us a quick uh, preview on how how different was 2018 19 as compared to last year uh dakar yeah okay so I'll give you yeah sorry we got off track for a second so yeah. dakar was started by the start called theory sibin right. 1977 he figured, he got lost yeah and uh, in the desert and back then we'll get into the the technicals of how you you sort of navigate through a rally right but uh, back then uh, without you know gps assistance or anything like that, I, can't, i can't imagine how difficult it was and he got legitimately lost and he had an um, instead of you know freaking out he had this awesome thought saying that hey this would be a great route for a rally yeah and that's how dakar was born it started off um, december of of 77 i think and it started off in france and it would make its way all the way down to senegal a town called dakar wow. so which is why it's called the dakar rally uh-huh. and it was like a 10000 km route spread over like 
two weeks, less than two weeks less actually, two weeks. with one day of rest days. So you're averaging at about what eight, nine hundred kilometers a, a day. A day, and uh, you don't know what's around the next corner and maintaining Man, those speeds. Man, just to just to think think of it, I have toured quite a fair bit yeah. in in the country, and I've toured yeah. on probably really comfortable adventure tourers, right? Yeah. And to and at the end of the day, when you complete maybe eight hundred, nine hundred kilometers, your body's sore. Absolutely. Your body's sore. Your bum's aching. I mean, your shoulders are aching. You're dehydrated. It's yeah. it's you need to be at another level altogether. So today the Dakar is uh, the rights of the Dakar is owned by a company called ASO. It's another French organization. These are the same guys who also do the Tour de France. It's oh, a family-run wow. company that runs a bunch of these global sporting events, and they do a phenomenal job. So Dakar is not just another rally now. It's more of a cultural phenomenon. Right. And uh, for the last I think good two decades, it's been happening around South America. So the reason why Dakar moved out of Africa was um, there was a terrorist threat and there were journalists who got kidnapped. Boko Haram? Uh, no, I'm not sure which organization. Okay. But uh, there was a legitimate threat to the lives of contestants and stuff like really? that. Really? So, yeah. It was it was really serious because the thing about rally is it takes you so deep into you know a country like you go to such remote areas yeah. like even the raid the Himalaya for example. I remember we went to this place called Dras, which is it's the second coldest inhabited place on earth. Wow! And um, it was so deep into Kashmir, the people looked completely different. They spoke a different language. It felt like I was in a different country altogether. But we were so like we went into such amazing remote places that were completely untouched by civil by man. Um, and I was thinking like, man, I, I've never seen this, this side of India and I don't know if I'll ever get to go back again. Um, but then fast forward, but that's what rally is about. It takes you really into the heartland yeah. of, 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 of a, a country nation, where you get yeah. to see things and experience things you'll never get to see in your life right. unless you go back. Uh, same with Marzoga. Uh, we were so deep into the desert. The, the Marzoga is called the gateway to the Sahara. Because uh-huh. that's where the Sahara Desert starts. starts yep. So the Sahara Desert is wider than India by two times. Holy. So think about the width of our country yeah. and, and Sahara, the Sahara Desert is wider than that. And this wow. is where it starts. Wow, dude. So, you know, we got to like, you know, have a lunch with like these local native people who cooked for us. And, and we just like took vegetables. We just, we, we just bought vegetables from a market. And uh, we needed a place to cook them. Mm-hmm. And uh, the guy was with us like, hey, you can just go into a house yeah. and they'll cook for you. And I was yeah. like, what are you saying? But they were so like um, hospitable. Hosp- hospitable. And I still remember that where they just allowed us to use their kitchen. This, this is Marzoga? During Marzoga. Uh-huh. And these are the things you get to experience in a rally. So obviously in Dakar, there were some crazy adventures yeah. I had. Yeah, so that's basically an intro to the Dakar. So it's been happening for the last two decades in South America. And uh, it's a huge cultural phenomenon. Like people from all over the world legitimately come just to watch the Dakar. Uh, they will follow the rally. And it's um, the scale of it, I'm still reeling from it. For me personally, my Dakar story, as most often with any enthusiast, began when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I was always fascinated by the Dakar. I still remember they should be like these highlights that used to show up in Dukashan. Back in the day when I was maybe like, I think when I was eight, I remember watching these trucks rip across South America. <laughs> I think this is amazing. And uh, of course, 
as you know you grow up you, you hear about you know your 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 motorsport legend sebastian loeb carlos sainz all these guys and i saw them this year at the dakar yeah. which was unreal. unreal i'm sure so i i just felt like a kid again um but uh, nothing prepared me for the scale of it this was my first dakar i could say that i'm sort of experienced in the world of rally i've done a couple of rally coverages uh, international rally coverage but nothing prepared me for the scale of 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 the dakar and in fact this year it was quote unquote the smallest dakar yeah exactly happened. the change of how Correct. it's transformed to so, being a smaller dakar so basically what happened was the the dakar is as you can imagine it's mm. a it's a humongously expensive affair and you cannot run a dakar without the support of a country mm-hmm. or countries and uh, how it works is the countries pay this organization aso to come and host a dakar in their uh, respective country and then there's because that and that there is so much of um, groundwork that goes into it for example when they start the the recce for the stages and the entire route happens about 8 months in advance wow. so there's a team this staff called edo mossi uh, he leads the team that goes into the the depths of the country and they keep a lot of factors in mind they like you know the the stages can't be close to um civilization uh, not necessarily civilization but places of historical significance uh-huh. like for example uh, this year was in <coughs> peru so it can't go close to machu picchu for example machu oh, picchu okay. is what it's known for yep. but um they can't do that because there's a chance that in case you know the the terrain is messed up or something yeah, like yeah. they have those they don't, in, they don't want to do that lines. yeah, yeah. They, they're very respectful of the local traditions and cultures um so they do that they essentially create something called a road book road book is a guide yeah. for the riders or the contestants um, so by april 2019 this team will already be going in search exactly. of a route and planning exactly. things out for the in next fact, dakar it, yeah it's march april Mar- april is where they're starting and also th- this depends on where they're hosting it um unfortunately you know last year was was a really tough year for the global economy uh, the there are some political uh, challenges that's happening right now in venezuela as well uh, and because of all those reasons uh, other countries pulled out so typically oh argentina is it happens in peru happens in argentina and it's a cross country rally exactly yeah. it's a cross country rally and because of all those challenges and uh, security challenges uh this year they had to scale it down uh they only happened it only happened in peru started But from uh, lima, lima and ended at lima it's so actually funny because we have yeah. a we have yeah. a map here uh this is purely for for the audience who are watching us yeah. we've got a map in our studio and we actually have the start point lima it went from lima to pisco to san juan de marco marco Ma- Ma- yeah and then arequipa uh then there's these two places moquega and tacna which is the turning the, point it's uh yeah but these are the marathon stages so we'll right. get to what those yeah, are sure. in just a second sure but um, it started essentially it started in lima ended yeah. in lima it ended in lima so right. it was a loop basically yeah, it was a loop it was a big ass loop but it was a loop <laughs> nonetheless uh but uh, peru as a country is phenomenal it's 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 very interesting of how similar they are to india mm-hmm. um it's considered a third world third world country uh but it's extremely clean yeah um extremely clean people are very hospitable and from a cultural standpoint it's a very very interesting place because they have a lot of influence from asia yeah. and uh, africa what language do they speak there so they speak uh spanish and then okay. they have the native language spanish because of is, the, is, the, of is the, peruvian by any chance a language no i think they call peruvian people people okay that's not a language we'll have to check, we'll have yeah. to check yeah. that we're right. not we're not history buff 
but um, these are generally mountainous people but it, it's very interesting in the 1800s they had a huge inflow of people from Japan <clears throat> coming into Peru uh, because back then Japan was going through a really bad time right and uh, they said you know you can come here and work on the rice fields and you have a huge inflow of Japanese population then you have a huge inflow of the African population a lot of the um, uh, the colonists who brought in slaves from Africa were, were used yeah, yeah. to bring into use that and it reflects on the food so for example they have a, a dish that's very popular called ceviche which is essentially ceviche. like sashimi like yeah. Japanese sashimi yeah. it's just raw fish that's cured in lime served with like a little salad uh, they wow. call it ceviche but it's 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 Japanese food and you have those influences in the food as well so it's, it's a phenomenal place now you have a, a huge Chinese population also that's growing um, never met an Indian though, which was very strange. Yeah, and it's, Indians it's, are everywhere, bro. But it's but exactly. <laughs> but, but not I never Peru. Never met an Indian. <laughs> uh, never met an Indian, which I thought was a little strange because considering that from a cultural standpoint and also from like a physical stature standpoint, we're so similar because we look the same. Um, our music is very similar. Our cultural values are very similar, and it's and I finally understood why. Christopher Columbus thought he reached India when he reached America because the native American population, they're very similar to Indians. Yeah. So I understand why, I, like I finally, it's like this light bulb moment went off in my head like, oh, I understand why Christopher Columbus thought he, he reached India when he reached America because right. we're so similar. Yeah. Um, but before we get into the depths yeah. of the Dakar rally, we'll take a quick short break and we will be back. <laughs> 